Namaste, beautiful mama, and welcome to Hope for Moms in Unhappy Marriages podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. You are so beautiful, so blessed. You are so worthy of everything that your heart desires. You are with Sir Jade Budgeon, and I am so excited for today's episode because this is the first episode I am going to read to you. Yay! Books has transformed me and has transformed my life. And I know if I wasn't guided to those books, I wouldn't have the mindset i wouldn't have been able to transform in the way that i did you know remember everything always happens for a reason and we're always guided in the most beautiful way and books were a really really big part of that so saying that today i'm going to read a few pages from the book called a new earth Awakening to Your Life's Purpose by A Heart Toll. I hope I'm saying that right. It's amazing and I love it. And oh my God, like I swear I get so excited when I'm reading and then I'm, I get all these aha moments like, wow, you know, and you can relate to it and it it's just beautiful. So... Without further ado, I am starting from page 97 and the chapter is called Parenthood, Role or Function. I will definitely be starting from the beginning of this book in the future episodes, but this is what I'm inspired to share with you today. I really, really feel it is what I need to hear and what you may need to hear at this time as well. I'm going to trust the universe. I'm going to trust my heart. And let's begin. Parenthood, role or function. Many adults play roles when they speak to young children. They use silly words and sounds. They talk down to the child. They don't treat the child as an equal. The fact that you temporarily know more or that you are bigger does not mean the child is not your equal. The majority of adults at some point in their lives find themselves being a parent, one of the most universal roles. The all-important question is, are you able to fulfill the function of being a parent and fulfill it well without identifying with that function? That is, without it becoming a role. Part of the necessary function of being a parent is looking for the needs of the child, preventing the child from getting into danger, and at times telling the child what to do and what not to do. When being a parent becomes an identity, however, when your sense of self is entirely or largely derived from it, the function easily becomes overemphasized, exaggerated, and takes you over. Giving children what they need becomes excessive and turns into spoiling, 
preventing them from getting into danger becomes overprotectiveness and interferes with their need to explore the world and try things out for themselves. Telling children what to do or not to do becomes controlling, overbearing. What is more, the role-playing identity remains in place after long after the need of those particular functions has passed. Parents, then, cannot let go of being a parent even when the child grows into an adult. They can't let go of the need to be needed by their child. Even when the adult child is 40 years old, the parent can't let go of the notion, I know what's best for you. The role of parent is still being played compulsively, and so there is no authentic relationship. Parents define themselves by that role and are unconsciously afraid of loss of identity when they cease being parents. If their desire to control or influence the actions of their adult child is thwarted, as it usually is, they will start to criticize or show their disapproval or try to make the child feel guilty, all in an unconscious attempt to preserve their role or identity. On the surface, it looks as if they were concerned about the child and they themselves believe it but they are only really concerned about preserving their role, identity. All egoic motivations are self-enhancement and self-interest, sometimes cleverly disguised, even from the person in whom the ego operates. A mother or father who identifies with the parental role may also try to become more complete through their children. The ego's need to manipulate others into filling the sense of lack it continuously feels is then directed toward them. If the mostly unconscious assumptions and motivations behind the parent's compulsion to manipulate their children were made conscious and voiced, they would probably include some or all of the following. I want you to achieve what I never achieved. I want you to be somebody in the eyes of the world so that I, too, can be somebody through you. Don't disappoint me. I sacrificed so much for you. My disapproval of you is intended to make you feel so guilty and uncomfortable that you finally conform to my wishes. And it goes without saying that I know what's best for you. I love you and I will continue to love you if you do what I know is right for you. When you make such unconscious motivations consciously, you immediately see how absurd they are. The ego that lies behind them becomes visible, as does its dysfunction. Some parents that I spoke to suddenly realized, my God, is this what I have been doing? Once you see what you are doing or have been doing, you also see its futility. And that unconscious pattern then comes to an end by itself. Awareness is the greatest agent for change. 
If your parents are doing this to you, don't tell them they are unconscious and in the grip of the ego. That will likely make them even more unconscious because the ego will take up a defensive position. It is enough for you to recognize that it is the ego in them, that it is not who they are. Egoic patterns, even long-standing ones, sometimes dissolve almost miraculously when you don't oppose them internally. Opposition also gives them renewed strength. But even if they don't, you can then accept your parents' behavior with compassion without needing to react to it. That is to say, without personalizing it. Be aware also of your own unconscious assumptions or expectations that lie behind your old habitual reactions to them. My parents should approve of what I do. They should understand me and accept me for who I am. Really? Why should they? The fact is they don't because they can't. Their evolving consciousness hasn't made the quantum leap to the level of awareness yet. They are not yet able to disidentify from their role. Yes, but I can't feel happy and comfortable with who I am unless I have their approval and understanding. Really? What difference does their approval or disapproval truly make to who you are? All such unexamined assumptions cause a great deal of negative emotion, much unnecessary unhappiness. Be alert. Are some of the thoughts that go through your mind the internalized voice of your father or mother? Saying perhaps something like, you're not good enough. You will never amount to anything. Or some other judgment or mental position. If there is awareness in you, you will be able to recognize that voice in your head for what it is. An old thought conditioned by the past. If there is awareness in you, you no longer need to believe in every thought you think. It's an old thought, no more. Awareness means presence, and only presence can dissolve the unconscious past in you. If you think you are so enlightened, Ram Dass said, Go and spend a week with your parents. That is good advice. The relationship with your parents is not only the primordial relationship that sets the tone for all subsequent relationships. It is also a good test for your degree of presence. The more shared past there is in a relationship, the more present you need to be. Otherwise, you will be forced to relive the past again and again. Next chapter. Conscious suffering. If you have young children, give them help, guidance, and protection to the best of your ability. But even more important, give them space. Space to be. They come into this world through you but they are not yours. The belief 
I know what's best for you may be true when they are very young, but the older they get, the less true it becomes. The more expectations you have of how their life should unfold, the more you are in your mind instead of being present for them. Eventually, they will make mistakes and they will experience some form of suffering as all humans do. In fact, they may be mistakes only from your perspective. What to you is a mistake may be exactly what your children need to do or experience. Give them as much help and guidance as you can. But realize that you may also at times have to allow them to make mistakes, especially as they begin to reach adulthood. At times, you may also have to allow them to suffer. Suffering may come to them out of the blue or it may come as the consequence of their own mistakes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could spare them from all suffering? No, it wouldn't. They would not evolve as human beings and would remain shallow, identified with the external form of things. Suffering drives you deeper. The paradox is that suffering is caused by identification with form and erodes identification with form. A lot of it is caused by the ego, although eventually suffering destroys the ego, but not until you suffer consciously. Humanity is destined to go beyond suffering, but not in the way the ego thinks. One of the ego's many erroneous assumptions, one of its many deluded thoughts is, I should not have to suffer. Sometimes the thought gets transferred to someone close to you. My child should not have to suffer. That thought itself lies at the root of suffering. Suffering has a noble purpose. The evolution of consciousness and the burn up of the ego. The man on the cross is an archetypal image. He is every man and every woman. As long as you resist suffering... It is a slow process because the resistance creates more ego to burn up. When you accept suffering, however, there is an acceleration of that process which is brought about by the fact that you suffer consciously. You can accept suffering for yourself or you can accept it for someone else such as your child or parent. In the midst of conscious suffering, there is already the transmutation. The fire of suffering becomes the light of consciousness. The ego says, I shouldn't have to suffer, and that thought makes you suffer so much more. It is a distortion of the truth, which is always paradoxical. The truth is that you need to say yes to suffering before you can transcend it. Okay, my beautiful soul, I'm going to stop reading there. And I would love to just share with you the lessons I took away from those beautiful, inspiring words. 
I think it's really important when we read a book or we take a course or we learn something new, it's always a really good idea to reflect and to go deeper and see how that applies in our lives. That way we can take the lessons and truly bring them to alive in our own reality. So saying that, wow, isn't that beautiful? I learned so many things. I think I read um, five pages <laughs> and I learned so much and I saw so much of myself and so much of those around me in those pages, right? So the first thing that struck me was that our children is not ours, right? We are their parent. They come through us, but they are their own person. We don't own them, just like we don't own anybody, right? You know, and this can apply also to our partners, it's very easy when you start dating somebody or when you get married, you have this sense of ownership of this person. And when this person does something you don't like, that doesn't make you happy. And this is when we get hurt. But when we realize that we don't own them, it's very easy to let go. Like everybody has their own own journey everybody is living their own life including our beautiful children right i found it was really really interesting when he was talking about the fact that we need to build a relationship with our children at a soul level not when we look at them just as our our child that needs us or that needs to be told what to do or needs help. So instead of always being that authority figure, try and be that supportive, nurturing friend. The one that sees the divinity in ourselves and in our child and just be present with them in that moment and that is so beautiful right you're actually seeing them for who they are and when he said the way we perceive the situation we think we know what's best for somebody and this goes for your husband, it goes for your family, for your friends, for everybody in your life. We don't know what that soul needs for their evolution. Right? Whatever they are going through may be exactly what they need. We just have to trust the process and know that we don't know any better. We need to focus on ourselves not try and change other people or change someone's situation or feel like they don't need to suffer. 
This is why I love reading. <laughs> so beautiful. So the next thing was stop identifying ourselves through our children. And that was really interesting because when we hold on to that name, I'm a mother and I'm a wife. And when I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to you both about how it applies to our children and also to our husbands, our partners, our family, our friends, for everybody, right? Because these lessons can be transferred to everybody in our lives, including ourselves. So when we identify ourselves as a mother and as a wife, and that's all, then we live through these people, these souls, and we expect things from them and that's why we expect our husband to make us happy because we're living through him when we find our true selves and we take a step back and we go within ourselves and we connect to the true us is when we separate ourselves from the the role, like he says, the role that we're playing. And that's so beautiful because that is so necessary to create change in our lives. Our children are allowed to follow their own calling and they're allowed to be what they want to be. We may want something for them, but that doesn't mean that what we want is right. There's no such thing as right and wrong. It's only how we perceive things. And by absorbing these teachings, it releases so much energies that we may be holding on to. Right? Like he said, another thing that is so, so beautiful is awareness is the greatest agent for change. So when we become aware, changes already started happening within us. Another thing that was a really good reminder was our parents, the ones who still identify with the role of being a parent and tells us what to do and think they know better, they're just not conscious of what they're doing they are still identified with the role that they're playing unconsciously. They don't know any better at this moment, right? We are all extensions of divinity, of divine energy, of source energy, of God, of the universe, whatever you want to call that, that knowing that there is something bigger out there other than ourselves. We are all extensions of that, right? And we're just all in different stages of that journey to awakening and connecting with our higher selves. And this also applies to our husbands, to your husband. I find it really strange saying our husband because I have been separated from my husband for years for at least three years now and 
I have a little bit of like I'm I'm okay with calling him my husband because I don't see a problem with that, even though we're separated. Um before I used to think, oh well he's not my husband, like it's just on paper, you know, we're just married, it's on paper, paper doesn't mean anything. And it's almost like I was fighting that because I wanted to I wanted to detach myself from him so much that I just didn't even want to say the word husband. But now it's like I can say my husband even though we're not together. But it's n- I just want you to know that we ha- we are separated. So moving on, <laughs> got a little sidetracked there. It also applies uh, to our husbands because they are not conscious yet. And it may even apply to you. You are just at a stage where you may be waking up to your consciousness. Right? And when I speak about myself, it's because I, I can say that as conscious as I think I am, I know that I have s- such a beautiful journey ahead of me and so much more lessons to learn and so much more to connect with within myself. Right? I am no better than you. You are no better than your husband. Your husband's not better than you. No one's better than anybody Really and truly, no one is better than anybody. We are just at different levels of consciousness. Okay, so another really interesting thing that he said that made me realize uh, our parents, if you, if you think you're so awakened, live with your parents or... Um, visit your parents and that is so true because at the moment I am currently living with one of my parents and every day I'm becoming more aware of the old thought patterns I I've I have about him I'm learning to channel my energy and the and my thoughts in a more positive direction. I'm becoming aware that this is just my past conditioning. When I was younger, there were certain events that took place that I saw, that I experienced. And I'm just going to say it outright that at that moment, at that time, I hated my dad. I hated him. Like, Oh my God, you have no idea. And I loved him too. I loved him so much because he was my dad, you know? But his actions were terrifying and was hurtful. It really affected me as a young child. And it stuck with me. And this is what happens when we're children. The experiences that we experience at that time, at that young age, 
It shapes us and it sticks with us. It is what we become, right? So I have this turmoil within me since I was younger about my father. As much as I love him, as much as I know that he is the most beautiful soul, he is unconditional love, as much as I know that I still have so much within me that I need to heal when it comes to him. Because those feelings comes out very easily and it brings into my reality the hate, the resentment, the sadness, the blame, all coming to the surface. But that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really, 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 really good thing. And I thank the universe and, and I thank him for, for that. Because what is coming out needs to be healed. And it's helping me come to new realizations and growth every day. Because I do love him. Instead of suppressing the feelings that come out, whatever that feeling may be, let it go. Let it go. Let it, let it come out. If you need to cry, if you need to hit the pillow, if you need to scream, if you need to go for a walk, just take a deep breath and let it go. And just know that that is part of your healing. So what I'm doing is actually I'm learning to accept those feelings, accept the fact that I have them, accept that they're there, and slowly releasing them so that I create space and I change the conditioning that I had that doesn't serve me anymore. And I believe this is what he was saying, suffer consciously. So talking about my dad, <laughs> let's go to the mom. My mom, oh my God, she's like the sweetest soul she's so giving she's uh, she's great and she's also a huge challenge for me as spiritually awakened as I think I am as calm as I am that day I can be you know <laughs> skipping in the fields of beautiful flowers with the sun shining and I'm so high my vibration is just unbelievable I can I, I'm feeling so good but 90% of the time something is triggered within me something she says and it's like everything that I learned the new found me, my newfound self, all the teaching is just thrown out the window. And then I get like frustrated, angry. I get so tensed. <laughs> it's actually, it's funny when I think about it. And that again is feelings within me that are coming out that needs to heal, that needs to come out of my energetic system so that I can heal. And I love my mom. I, oh my God, like to death, I love my mom. You know, just like I love my dad. I love both of them. But this struggle is real. <laughs> you know, they are truly the best people to be around to heal, right? So before, it would take me days, right? Sometimes weeks 
to feel like myself again when it came to the relationship with her. But now I catch it within like a snap. And I know that I'm being triggered. And I know that whatever she's saying, because she doesn't mean to hurt me. She's not saying anything spiteful towards me. It's just her conditioning. And now I realize that. So I have a different perspective. So for that few seconds that I get so frustrated and uh, inside me, I know it's, it's okay, you know? And I could move on in that moment with peace inside me right because I'm letting it go I'm letting it go I'm healing and I can see how throughout the years it's been a constant struggle because I wasn't aware why she was triggering me so much and I wasn't healing it I was just reacting at a unconscious level and that's what he says if you don't become conscious of it or aware at least aware then we live it over and over and over again okay so moving forward I love this one don't believe everything you think it's an old thought from your past conditioning and it's not the true you. This is why it's so important to love you no matter what. Right? So if there's a, a, a thought coming into your mind, he was using examples that maybe our parents have said to us, but you can also use this example for anybody said to you when you were younger or an event that happened that keeps playing in your head. You're not worthy. You're not supposed to have money you're not supposed to you have to do this to be happy you you're supposed to serve your husband you're you know if you don't do this you're gonna go to hell right so don't believe everything you think a belief is just something that you keep thinking and what you keep thinking doesn't necessarily have to be true is not necessarily true. Okay, just keep that in mind. I think that is so beautiful. Another thing that was amazing is suffering is needed to rise. Right? Suffering is needed to find our true selves and to dissolve the ego. How amazing is that? We suffer for a reason. But we don't have to suffer forever. And that's why I always say, only when you're ready, reach out to me. Only if you feel it in your heart. Because I suffered and 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 I suffered some more. And then I suffered and I suffered again and again and again. Right? And it's only when my heart felt like it was going to explode, literally, 
when I started shaking, when I couldn't think, I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't do it anymore. When I felt like I was going to explode. Is when I fell apart. My heart literally had to shatter. I had to break all of the things that I thought made me who I was and all the things that I thought I needed to be happy and all the things that I believed I was or who I was which included being, identifying being a wife, identifying being a mother, and all of the limiting beliefs that I also had. It was time for me to rise. It was time for me to find myself, to go within and find myself without anybody else in the picture, right? Building that foundation of love for myself, self-love, and finding who and what I am. The true me. And start healing and creating a new chapter, a new journey, leaving those pieces behind, knowing that those pieces is not the true me. Understanding those pieces were necessary, those, that suffering was necessary to help me break free and become conscious of who I really am. Another thing worth mentioning here um, about playing roles and identifying with that role so much that we continue to suffer and suffer and suffer and it was a huge role that I played I believe for my whole life but in particular with my marriage the role of the victim I gave him so much power over the way I felt and the way that my life unfolded that I had no choice but to suffer, right? I became so dependent on his every move. Whatever he did either made me a little bit happy, gave me a little bit of joy, or crushed me. 
And I know when I say the victim role, because that's a very sensitive um, area for a lot of us. But I have to say it because that is one of the biggest steps that I needed to take to make that change in my life. I had to realize that, wait a minute, I'm the one that's in control here. I'm giving him my power. But really and truly, I have the power to create change. It's very easy to blame other people for the way that our life has unfolded. And that is a very egoic mindset because we continue to feed this identity of playing the victim. We get so used to it. Oh, it's the teacher's fault I failed. Um, You know, it's uh, her fault that he left me. It's uh, his fault for me being so unhappy. And we give other people power. And we make ourselves so small that it hurts us until we take responsibility for our own happiness. So I say this with so much love in my heart, Mama. I have so much love. Because I know right now there's probably some turmoil going on inside of you that's hating me at the moment. She doesn't understand. What is she talking about? I am a victim. He is doing these things to me. He's making me feel like this. He's the one that, why my life is like this. If he didn't do that, I wouldn't feel like that, etc., etc. But the moment that we become aware that this is just what we have gotten used to playing and we become aware that we and we separate ourselves from that identity like he said awareness brings change so as you're listening to this podcast in this moment right now there's something inside of you that's shifting you may be resisting it because you've played the role so long and that's okay because I have done that too And that's okay. I wasn't ready to accept it. My ego was so strong. That identity was that mindset, that identity, whatever. 
that past conditioning that I was powerless was so strong and I understand and that's okay. Whether you realize it consciously or unconsciously, there is a shift. I want you to just take a moment and say to yourself, I love the one who is starting to realize I am not a victim. I love the one who gives my power away to other people. I love the one who is learning to love herself. I love the one who is learning to take responsibility for her own life. I love the one who is angry right now. I love you so much. I am ready for change. I ask the universe to guide me with ease, with grace, with glory. To the true me. Wow, <laughs> that was so beautiful. It always starts off as something and then ends as something else, right? I really really enjoyed this um and i can't wait to read continue reading and continue getting inspired to share more of my story and what really helped me because i know that it's not easy where you are right now but that doesn't mean that you have to, you're stuck. It doesn't mean you're stuck. There is hope. And this is just part of your journey. I say it all the time and I'll continue to say it until it sinks in so deep into your soul. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's time for me to love myself. I love you so much. And I just want you to feel better. You deserve. You deserve to smile. I mean, really, truly smile. When was the last time you smiled, mama, from the inside? Not fake smiling, pretending I'm happy. Right? And so much more, of course. Okay. So I'm going to end this podcast here. Oh my God, it's like almost 50 minutes. So um, I just want to say again that I love you. 
And if you enjoyed this, just leave me a comment. Reach out to me. I'm here for you. You are not alone. I am here. Whether that's even just to listen to me, I don't, it doesn't matter. <sighs> Have a beautiful day. A beautiful day. And give yourself the biggest hug right now because just know listening to this podcast, change started happening within you right now. Let it happen. Accept where you are right now. Breathe. Love you no matter what. And when you're ready to go on a very beautiful journey, self-love, spiritual self-love journey, I'm here for you. Or if you just want to talk, I'm also here for you to release. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You are appreciated. And I love you. <laughs>